Yeah, that's yeah. like a universal. I think dislike. everyone knows. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of like Michael Porter Jr. <laughs> Welcome to Spinsters, a podcast where we would never blow a 3 0 lead. I'm Jordan. That's Haley. Couple housekeeping things before we get into it. Make sure to subscribe to our YouTube. It's a great place. Fun things are happening there. Don't miss out. And keep sending us your emails. We love them. We love reading them. We love working through your issues with you. <laughs> Maybe not love, but we'll try our best. Uh, after the break, we have Sarah Spain. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com spin. If you're hiring, you need Indeed because Indeed is the hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Go to indeed.com slash spinsters to claim your $75 credit before April 30th. Okay, cool. So let's start with your Chicago Bulls. Um, very exciting season. I would say that probably a vibe shift has occurred. Um, on Wednesday, they play game five. Milwaukee currently leads three to one. Um, Sarah... As a Bulls fan, how are you feeling right now? I'm going to need them to go out with a little bit more pride and self-respect if this is the end of the road, because this was a super fun season. And I'm telling you, yeah. this has been a fan base that with the exception of a couple peak seasons with Derrick Rose and the bench mob and some you know excitement around Joe Kim Noah and some players that you know really got us hyped. It's been a very long post Michael Jordan hangover in this city that high was so high that coming mm -hmm. anywhere near it is pretty much impossible, but being completely middling for so much of the decades since then has been really tough for such a basketball crazy city for a city that was like in my, in my case raised on Jordan and the nineties bulls. Um, so getting a new front office, getting rid of guard packs and having faith in the people who are running the show now is huge. And I was really excited for the DeMar DeRozan acquisition when it happened. Meanwhile, other quote unquote experts said it was the worst signing of the offseason. Okay, well, he went on to be an MVP candidate for much of the season and yeah. completely elevated this team. And the mesh with Zach Levine has been spectacular. Um, I think there were a lot of people questioning their run early when they were sitting around one, two, three. Um, and then injuries just completely wiped out what was a really consistent night in and night out groove where you had Caruso and ball patrolling the, the perimeter in such a way that they disrupted teams before they could even set up a half court offense. And that mm -hmm. prevented Vooch from being exposed inside. We knew that that was going to be the biggest issue with this team is needing a better, better, stronger, big defensively, especially against teams like the bucks with Giannis and with ball out and Caruso just coming back. That was the that was how they got exposed for much of the, the end of the season when they were really struggling. Um, and so I, I would say it's been up and down, but for the most part, been really up like to enjoy an entire bowl season and to be really excited and to have them in the playoffs um, is more than we expected. I just am going to need it to not to be blowout, 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 
a third straight Grayson Allen playoff career high to end the season because that will put a sour taste in my mouth after such a fun year because Grayson Allen cannot be the person that puts you to sleep. Anybody, Giannis, great, fine, nice guy, superstar. Grayson Allen is a middling backup who's dirty and he does not deserve to put this team to bed. Did you guys hear that he was like having the bench boo him and that was like fueling him to play his own more. bench his own bench he was he asked them oh, to boo him you like he's that guy <laughs> oh my god what a hack i can't with this guy i literally talked about this on my radio show and i asked because grayson allen to me is the number one person i least would want to see beat my team with a great game Mm-hmm. Because he's the one who cheap shot at Caruso and took him out for months. He's the one who's got this just slimy, dirty reputation. And there are just certain people. Like, my Bears always lose to Aaron Rodgers. It just happens. It happens so often now that I am numb to the pain. I can't be that upset about it. He's a Hall of Fame quarterback. But Grayson Allen? <laughs> it's like a combination of the, the character of the human being and the quality of the play. That person cannot be the one that that shows out. Like... And yeah, anyone we got, some, else. we got some good answers for like the person you least want. And it's usually the one that has that like reputation for being a little slimy. Who else mm-hmm. was on the list? Who else was in? Uh, some, some Reggie Miller, some, uh, some oh. Scott, Scott Rowland in baseball, a lot of Tom Brady, um, Sophie Cunningham, which for WNBA fans spot on. I was like, shut it down. You just answered the question. <laughs> that that went. That's a the good perfect answer. answer. Yeah. Fortunately for me, I've never had to watch her uh, do my team dirty. It's, and she's always on the ground with Kalia Copper staring her down and showing her who's 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 in charge here, um, and then leading team to victory. So I've never had to witness that. That was a win suck. for mankind. Yeah. Yeah, that really really was. was. It was. Won. We all won when KFC took her down and turned it yeah. into t-shirts. Yeah. That was the right side of history. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to think, I think the problem with like a Tom Brady or like you were saying, Aaron Rodgers earlier, some of the other examples, I really got nothing on the baseball one. I was going to Google it. (laughs) And then I thought, just stay true to yourself, um, (laughs) is that Tom Brady is great. Yes. He's going to go down in history as the top. No, it just doesn't. The, The thing is, is that Grayson Allen has this reputation for playing dirty. I think that's where we can put him in sync with like a Reggie Miller who you don't want to lose to because of the The attitude, um, whining, the attitude. Yeah. Everything Mm -hmm. kind of just puts you off a little bit. He doesn't seem like he's definitely seemed like one of those guys who, if he was on your team, you adored him. That's exactly what I said last night. Patrick Beverly. You know what I mean? You hate him. I said, it's the guys that you love to have on your team and hate to play against are the number one answer to this question. But I don't think anyone wants to When Joe was like in the MVP conversation, the other teams were like, this guy. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like, it's the one that you love when when they're riling up the other team for your benefit and you absolutely despise when you're playing them. The likeness to Ted Cruz does not help either. Even no. if Chris Nan was lovely, which he isn't, you can't no. look like a whore. You know, you got to yeah. change something up. I would go with at least like a shaved head or something. Yeah, you got to change the hair. Mustache. Yeah. Yeah, because you can't, you can't fix that face. Like if you, had Ted, if you have Ted Cruz face, ooh, 
I saw what you did there. Yeah, a little, a little curly mustache. A little pencil thin mustache. Yeah. I don't know though, because then he would look like the dudes <laughs> in like worse. those mellow, like remember those like silent melodrama plays <laughs> yeah. where someone like and he would look like the guy that would always come on stage and you'd be like, boo. Yeah, he <laughs> like, would. He has yeah, that like face too. Or like the guy that always had the little barbell and like the striped one, like <laughs> yes. res- wrestling onesie. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's a generationally villain face. Like you know, in the twenties, he was the one tying the woman to the railroad in the hundred percent. Yeah, he is a villainous face. My solution, timeless though. Let's turn this into a. Let's make this a workshop. How do you fix this if you're Grayson Allen? Right. I would say just physically stop tripping and hurting people <laughs> but also yeah. physically Great what start. you can control because that might right. be involuntary at this point i don't know what happened yeah. to him to make him so um prone to do that i say grow out the hair i was gonna say you know Go ted cruz had a failed Long effort hair. at a beard oh, so he might just bad. end up he might just end up looking like ted cruz with a beard but there is a chance that his beard grows in so differently from ted cruz's that this is the thing that can send him away from the I would try but maybe he can't maybe he can't grow facial hair he, yeah. he also strikes me as someone who's like not quite done with puberty <laughs> I'm with you with the long hair and then turn it into like a man bun that oh. won't help oh, it god but it will distance yourself away from Ted Cruz a little you, bit you, which is you what you want to do you somehow just took a punchable face on a hateable person and then you offered up, here's how he can get better is a man bun. In terms of like the slander coming his way, I don't know if that's going to do it for him. Harry, can you <laughs> Photoshop that? Is that possible? Can we get yeah. a visual? Um, I I have another question just apart from Grace Nowen, because every time that we talk about him, it takes me back to when he tried to hurt um, multiple Louisville players uh, in college. Mm-hmm. So longstanding thing. We all know this. Do you think that a tide has turned i think that's the saying um despite the fact that maybe this playoffs isn't going to go great um unless something miraculous happens Mm -hmm. do you feel like this is the the beginning of something new or this was just another like okay chicago had a very interesting portion of the season and nothing actually came out of it do you think that zach and damar is the start of something that they can build off of yeah i mean i think there's certainly concern that we're at the peak for DeMar and that mm. there, there could be a, a, a drop off. I think at least another couple of years, he could be right around this level. Um, I think you need, first of all, a dominant big, what we've seen across the NBA actually this year, I've liked is the idea that you don't just throw some superstars together and then that's the success. You need to have a well-constructed roster. And I appreciate that, especially at Chicago, because we've had a lot of trouble getting that superstar player to choose to come to the Bulls. And mm-hmm. knowing that you can't just throw together a Durant, a Harden, and a Kyrie, and there you have it, understanding that we're looking at some teams, even like the Pelicans, who are putting together just a really good roster of talent and winning games by playing smart basketball. Um, that makes me feel a little better because I think if you have DeMar and Zach, and then you have a healthy ball who picks up the slack that they need right now that they're missing in terms of three-point shooting, you've still got Patrick like who's completely getting better and like showing the progress early in his career and has spent some time out for injury. So you give him that too. You've still got, um, you know, the pieces, you just need to add that dominant big to offset what you have with Zach and Demar. 
I still don't know if you're going to be able to beat the best teams, but if you look across the NBA, there is incredible parody now in the East yeah. all year. It was like the top five are kind of all pretty close to each other. There wasn't a guarantee for any of them on the West. It felt like the Suns start to finish, but with Booker now injured, they're there's they're looking you know a little bit risky the grizzlies even like as much as you could say the timberwolves were an underseeded play-in team because they had found their way closer to the end of the season you don't expect the grizzlies to have so much trouble with a play-in team and eight you know like this 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 shouldn't be like that so i think there's some real hope for the bulls if they get that big centerpiece literally center piece <laughs> um to be the start of something, but your, your window's only so long. I think they're going to have to sign Zach to the Supermax, And I think he'll take it because he'll make yeah. about 50 million more from the bulls than he would on a four-year max somewhere else. And I think he likes it and wants to stay. Um, and then you put the pieces around. And I also just think the biggest change is the front office, um, getting rid of gar packs, bringing in a coach you believe in, bringing in a GM who's making the moves you believe in and taking a big swing like they did this offseason, acquiring as many players as they did, that makes me much more hopeful than for the future, even if they get bounced by the Bucks, which is, you know, honestly, acceptable. They're the defending champs. They have Giannis. Yeah. They're a good team. Right. It's not an embarrassing first-round exit, unless, of course, they get blown out for a third straight game and Grayson Allen has another good game. Then it is embarrassing, and I will be angry for the offseason. Yeah, because I was thinking that, <clears throat> excuse me, I was I was rooting for the Bulls all year. I was rooting for them into this playoffs. I felt like they had a chance against the, against the Bulls, but especially in that last game, sometimes, and I feel like this is very, like, plain speak, but sometimes you just get beat. Like, mm -hmm. you're, you're a good team, but there's a better team, yeah. and that's kind of what it seems like. So I yeah. hope that Bulls fans, even just as a casual fan, I'm still hopeful that they're going to come back to this same spot because the Bucks are just better, and they're right. not even at full strength, and you're yeah. kind of like, yeah. okay, well, you got to shrug. And that's how I feel about the Bulls is like, I at least just want national folks who haven't watched game in and game out to recognize that there's a difference between this team mid early season when they were healthy mm -hmm. and what happened Zach got hurt Caruso got hurt ball got hurt Patrick got hurt like this was a team that was almost never at full strength but when it was for that initial stretch and that was with Patrick out they were fantastic so everyone oh what a, they had a huge swoon no they didn't they were extremely dependent on the guys on the perimeter being able to disrupt scoring off the transition, scoring off of turnovers and not relying on Vooch in the middle to be able to shut it down in a traditional half court defense. When that changed, that changed everything. And that's right. okay. Like, you know, you don't want to have your team be so dependent that when you lose a couple of those role players or starter in, in, in the case of the bulls, that everything falls apart, but that's kind of how they were constructed. So. Yeah. Well, and also like everything fall apart. Anytime a starter is out, that's, right. that's going to hurt any team. And like you were saying, Jordan, it might be like a kind of, uh, beginner level analysis, but people always say the better player in the series, yes. like the their team, team, the team has the an automatic player. advantage. Yeah. I don't yeah. think losing to the bucks is, I think yeah. the way it happened because the way the season ended and just seeing it now and, and not being full strength is, um, Probably upsetting, but we have a way of getting carried away um, with our sports emotions. I think that's happening <laughs> here because that's all that this is. We just get to watch and then either pine for something better or celebrate. And right. the highs and lows are 
you're not really able to manage them and take that step back and say, well, with all of these things, what do we really expect? So I appreciate that. And I I hope next season um, there's less injury trouble and more longevity and perhaps even a center in the mix. Center, Um, center, a little deeper run. Which we could transition now and talk about um, a team that might be losing its center soon. Um, We could talk about the the Jazz Mavs series. Um, So Dallas leads 3-2. They Mm -hmm. won last night, 102-77. That I did not have to check, but I did anyway. I was was like, 77 has got to be the lowest that Dallas has held an opponent to, and it was um, Mm -hmm. all season. Incredibly tough look for both um, Jazz stars. Donovan was zero for seven from three. He had mm-hmm. nine points total. Um, four Ooh. turnovers left with that hamstring injury in the first fourth quarter. He might, we're supposed to get an update today. He might be announced in, out, whatever during yeah. this recording. Um, the MRI mm-hmm. is happening today. It was bad before watching him. But with Luca back the last two games and you see what's possible from someone, um, mm. you know, that is, yeah, the mirror was not being very kind to Donovan Mitchell. Um, and Glo- Gobert, in my opinion, just looks clumsy. Um, yeah, and I it's don't, the worst. It, it, it's like clumsy <laughs> and I feel bad for him, but I also don't think the defense is really his fault so much. I think they're having to put him in positions that are unfair to him. Um I'm old enough to remember when Donovan Mitchell got drafted and the thing that I kept yelling to everyone because he got drafted so low was you just wait because his defense is going to come through and be this unexpected, you know, part of his um, play in addition to like all the fun scoring. And I'm telling you, he's capable of it. He's not giving it. It looks very purposeful. He's just not, he's not there defensively. So, um, yeah, thoughts on this car crash? <laughs> yeah, I mean, what's uh, cool for the Mavs is a team that has historically underperformed in the postseason and has somehow skated from the national criticism of wasting this many years with Luca is going up against a team that has performed even worse in the postseason mm-hmm. and has managed to uh, underperform uh, in, in in incredibly uh, uh, offensive ways. Like, like you pointed out the final score that 36 points in the first half was the lowest all season. Like, so they picked a great time for that. They shot 10% from three. (laughs) I went to three different sites just in case, just in case the first one was wrong. And then maybe the second one was like, that was just the the percentage for a quarter. No, for the game, they shot 10% from three. And I love Donovan Mitchell. He is so fun to watch, but he is going to be very well served by us forgetting that there were only four minutes left when he left with injury. Because when the story gets a little fuzzier and people are like, oh yeah, that was the game he had to leave early. Yeah. Oh yeah, he had a minus 38 in that game. But remember he left early. No, he left when they were down like 25 points with only four minutes. Like the game was over. His minus 38 was secure. That was not like, oh, if he had come back in, he maybe could have made that look a little better. Like just bad. And to your point, it's been really cool actually to watch because strategy in the playoffs is is really like when the thinking man or woman's basketball fan can really get nerdy. And watching mm-hmm. Gobert be a player, defensive player of the year, runner-up candidate, and then look so exposed by how they are matching him up, how they're pulling him out. 
with Kleba on the on the perimeter, like the ways that they are making Gobert a liability defensively mm-hmm. when he is one of the best defensive players in the league. It's just it's it's cool to watch that um, the strategy of it all um, as ugly as some of the play is. I just I feel like this team's going to get blown up and probably rightfully so. And it does make me sad. I admitted the other day and I was very thankful that many people agreed with me that I often mix up the jazz and the nuggets. Um, me too. I, I know they're different and I know the stars that play for them. And if you sit me down, I can tell you about both of them separately. But sometimes when I'm analyzing, my brain just starts talking about statistics yeah. from the nuggets game when I'm supposed to be talking jazz or thinking about the jazz player when I'm talking about the nuggets. And it's been like that for about four years. And um, I think it's like, you know, predominantly white areas, teams that play well in the regular season based on the superstars, but then underperform in the postseason and always are sort of disappointing, but they aren't covered enough by the national media for us to know enough about them to really distinguish themselves. And I put that out there as a very vulnerable moment. And like hundreds of people were like, me too. And you're I was not like, alone. Oh, you are so not alone. Better about this. <laughs> and there were only a few people like geography stands that were like, uh, they're the same distance as like, you know, Florida is to Delaware or whatever. I was like, it's not about that. I, I can't explain it. <laughs> um, but yeah, the Jazz and the Nuggets, it's like the same thing. It's like, are you impressed that they do as much as they do in the regular season, considering how much they fail? Or is it just a constant disappointment that they can't do anything in the postseason? That's that's where I'm at too. I feel like it's a a trust issue. If you're if you're a jazz fan, you're like, ah, I don't believe it. I don't believe right. it. Even if we get to the playoffs, even if we have a good regular season, you guys are just gonna fumble the bag every single postseason. And with Ro- Go- Rudy Gobert to have this type of game after you make that statement of f that talk. We're going to keep talking about it because it's <laughs> obvious. And this is what we're going to keep talking about. You guys are bad. And Donovan doesn't pass the ball to you. And you guys aren't really getting along. That's what I think. Um, so I'm full train ahead. You have to blow this up. I don't I don't think they have another option. I, we're all looking at it saying this is not going to work. You are probably going to get to this exact same spot in the playoffs next year. And the same thing is going mm-hmm. to happen. So then what do you do? I guess is the question. Do you who which one of them do you trade? It's gotta be Gobert. Yeah. I mean, Donovan Mitchell is your centerpiece. He can create um in ways that Gobert can't. I what's what's interesting to me, and I was just thinking about this this morning. I, I like the trend that a couple storylines in this playoffs um are offering up. And and one of them is the Celtics performing the way they have reminds us that at one point this season, we wanted to break that team up. And we thought that Tatum and Brown couldn't be a a viable duo. And now they're, they're disproving that. And I do like patience in the league. Ime Odoka was like, you know, being completely harangued, like, and now everyone's instead talking about what he's done with this team. Mm -hmm. I just think patience and waiting it out to see how a coach or a set of players can do is not, in vogue and hasn't been for several years now. There's just this quick trigger on it's not working, blow it up or it's not working, fire them. And there are examples of needing time for things to come together. And I think the Celtics this year, are a great example of that with Utah, I think they've done that for long enough, or even like with, with the, with the Blazers, I was so bummed 
to see CJ get traded because that's my squad. I was bummed when they gave up on Terry Stotts. But I think you kind of sometimes have to just pull the ripcord and be like, all right, we gave it the best we could. We tried enough iterations. And I think that's where the Jazz are. I think Gobert has to go and you figure out who you put with Donovan that can be a, a playmaker and a creator and that for whatever reason gets along better. I mean, all the rumblings about their relationship uh, doesn't seem like they are going to find find each other on some like uh, yoga retreat in, in Utah where they go out <laughs> into the mountains and realize that they are kindred spirits. Like, I think we I think we tried it all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jordan, you also think Gobert? Yeah, that um, automatically. I think you you just have a better shot with Donovan just overall. And I think he would fit better with more players. Um, but yeah, I we've given them a lot of chances. It's been a lot of years and we just come back to the same spot. So um, I think the you know, the Blazers is a great example because you look at CJ and he's blooming. He's having the time of his life. And mm-hmm. that was actually, it was holding him back. That situation just wasn't the best situation for him. So maybe Gobert goes and blooms somewhere else. But this, <laughs> as it's constructed, is not going to work. Okay, so I actually think you trade Donovan. Whoa. I don't I don't think he enjoys being in Utah. Um, <clears throat> I don't even have to say that, like, I've, I've heard that. I think you can see that he doesn't. He's had multiple like situations over the years where the actual like state of Utah has turned him off. But I also mm-hmm. think he's not having a good time on the team. Um, well, I don't think anyone's having a good time on the yeah. team. <laughs> I you have to keep who you think you can best build around in a flexible way. I don't think either of them are centerpieces. I definitely don't think Donovan is. But I think you stand Mm. a better chance at building uh, around someone who you know exactly what you're getting out of them, and that's Gobert. You know his shortcomings. With Donovan, it's so game-to-game, year-to-year. I think you could also get not maybe more for him, but you could get a cleaner spot. Oh, you can get more for him for sure, but the question is, is Gobert anyone to build around? I don't right. think you're building around him. That's the thing. You're oh, still okay. blowing He's it just up. A like, part of it. Exactly. And I think if you keep Donovan, you have the guys that you're building around somebody that you should not. Like, because the like, so real galaxy brain here. you just don't see him as here, a 1A. You don't see Donovan as a 1A. No, I don't. And I think that that's kind of like not to compare him to Andrew Wiggins because he's in my mind already accomplished like miles more. But I think he thrives when you take him out of that position, asking him to be that 1A. The mm. galaxy brain thing here, though, you trade them both. <laughs> Whoa. You I know, I know, I know. But <laughs> at this point, the amount you could get, Sarah, think about the teams that are desperate for centers. Right. Think about the teams that would, like, see Donovan as that missing piece because they've already got so much more. We have so many teams right now that are very young and want to add a compliment that could bring a spark of scoring, that could bring a little bit of, like, I guess it might be too premature to call him um, veteran intelligence, but he has been in the playoffs. Like, he has seen this stuff before. Mm. I think he is more um, tradable for Mm. multiple reasons, but I think having Gobert as, like, a sturdy post there, and again, you're not building around him, but he is a piece. You still have him there. You know exactly what he is. Um, I would not be so in- 
inclined to trade a known commodity, whereas Donovan to me, and I love Donovan Mitchell, Louisville legend, um, has been flighty and I think in a way that is a direct result of where he's at. Mm. I'm just the looking. defense is so telling. It's so telling. Like watch him. That's effort. The try. It's not. Yeah. He try. he can play defense. I'm just uh, looking yeah. at their at Basketball Reference at their at their payroll. They've got 11 players um, signed through next season. They've got seven through 23-24, and then Gobert and Mitchell are the only players on the books after that. They've got both of those guys through 25-26. So right now, Gobert is still owed a guaranteed $158 million plus, and Donovan oh, Mitchell God. is is owed a guaranteed $125 million plus. Um, so you got to find a trade partner that wants them. And, you know, sometimes in the case of a team that really feels like they could build they'll look at that longevity of that contract and think, okay, if we make this deal, that means we have the rights to them for this amount of time. That'll give us enough time to, you know, bring them into the system and build around them. Um, But that's a lot of money. And so making a trade work when there's that much money, you know, I mean, that's where, that's where I check out. Like you said earlier, know yourself when people get into NBA deals and they're like, well, then you got to have matching salaries. And then this is a right time. This is a, I'm like, yeah, I'm out. Like, no, that's when we me. check out too. I'm like, that's I somebody's like, job. People are paid for that. I'm not paid for that. Hey, you guys tell me if this works. Yeah. Uh, tell me if it works. I'm, I'm simply a man like offering ideas. Involved I'm just, I'm just giving like, you guys the inspiration. Like yeah, you make the money work because that's not my job. I, I, yeah. So whenever people get into like, like on the, on Twitter all the time, people will be like, what do you think of this trade? I'll be like, no effing clue. I'm just going to be honest <laughs> with you. I have no idea if that would even be allowed or if it would work or like what players you'd have to throw in just for money reasons. Like, so I, I do think that those contracts and that guaranteed money, but you're right. I mean, there are teams in need of these players. I just think, boy, if you're going to tell that Utah fan base, that's rabid and passionate, we're going to get rid of both of them. You better build be around bringing, Jordan Clarkson. You better be bringing in something. <laughs> Something to get excited about. Right, because that's the the, the thing about giving up um, players in a city like that. You can't be nonchalant about it because right, also getting, they do no not choosing. come in. Yeah, right. no one's you have choosing. to bring them in. You have exactly. to draft them. You have to trade for them. But right, right now, it's not working. I say trade right. Donovan. I think you get and more from address, him. Address He'd the be happier. In the room. Who are the stars yes. that would be happy in Utah? Because you mentioned Donovan not being happy there. Uh, well, Luca, Luca, um, uh, Gordon Hayward was very happy. Name there. Other, white, other white people. I Grace mean, I, don't wanna, I hate to like put it out like that, but like, um, there's a reason why some people aren't happy in Utah. Yeah, Luca, <laughs> Jokic, maybe. Jokic, um, uh huh. Yeah, just. Then really right. screw me up. Just start trading Jazz and Nuggets players <laughs> just to further mind F me so I can't remember which team is which. Um, the yeah, big I mean, distinction I, between you know, those two for me is that it's not the Nuggets' fault. I've always thought, like, poor Nuggets because of the injuries, 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 injuries. Mm-hmm. And Jokic overperforming, almost setting, like, too high a bar. I think it's not bar. Jokic's fault. I, I, do, I do. I tried to flip the narrative the other day on Around the Horn because the question was about them you know, is what a failure in the postseason. Mm-hmm. And instead I was like, or do we underestimate exactly how much Jokic does to drag an entire team on his back 
to a great regular season record. Like we all marveled this year during the MVP conversations. We're like, Jokic is leading the team in all eight major categories. We were like, amazing. And then I was like, excuse me, just a quick question. Do we think it's a good thing when one player leads your team in assists, points, rebounds, like all of the things? Exhausted. Like that that just screams to me roster construction fail. Yeah. Not because someone can't be great, but you should not be leading the team in every single major statistical category and all of the advanced statistics. That's a sign that your team does not have enough depth to actually do something, which is what happens every postseason. They got to get him some help. And injuries wise, you're absolutely right. I mean, clearly, you know, doing all this without Murray, doing all this without the supporting guys that that would make this team great is a huge part of it. Um, so it's not the same story or I guess reasons for the Jazz and Nuggets to underperform, but they still end up in the same place. <laughs> yeah, Jokic is giving 2017 MVP Russell Westbrook statistics. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think I agree with you. I think it's a roster construction issue, and I feel bad for him. I will say though, all time low when you got to pull out your MVP for. Um, a defensive possession. <laughs> that yeah, that'll bad. happen. That'll um, happen. We are going to take a break and then we are going to talk about uh, another epic collapse, which is <laughs> the Philadelphia 76ers and the team that is besting them, the Toronto Raptors. One quick thing. Did, uh, did you, have you guys seen, because this is very near where we're recording, Kevin Durant's um, instagram posts uh, over no. the last hour and a half okay oh i have can we look at oh my god i haven't <laughs> i have gotta look at i gotta say and we can be back on the podcast for this i don't i saw this on the rundown like i just don't i've stopped caring like i my tolerance for the nets is like okay see you next season <laughs> like i don't i don't i don't care anymore it's it's he uh Wait, posted chuck yeah because i think chuck was saying something rude to him and you know, Chuck doesn't have any rings. So with and with Kevin Durant, you know what? Let's see how this how far the Celtics go. I think that they are going to do the same thing to every team they face. Yeah. This is I coming from so a too. person who was like, nah, I don't think the Celtics are gonna be able to handle anyone with a real center. That is definitely not. Like blah blah blah. In February, January, yes. February. Um astonishing. You don't I think the mm-hmm. the Real angle I want to take here is instead of, and I also don't really want to talk about the Nets because I'm a little tired of it, but for me, it's been instead of like, I can't believe Katie's playing like this. I've never, ever mm-hmm. seen him play like this Yeah, in his whole career, right? Because that's what everyone was saying. We were all yeah. saying it's, there's probably a reason and that reason yeah. is probably the Celtics defense. So I'd rather give them the credit for it, mm-hmm. for, for suffocating and, um, totally demoralizing them and making them look like commonplace role players than to say like Kevin Durant is declining. um, His career is over. Do I want to, do I think that he could break through and do more? Yes. But I'm deciding to think that the majority of that is, is this credit to the Celtics defense rather than him. My main takeaway from that Instagram post is I really want, this Gucci hat that is in one of his posts. <laughs> it's that so amazing. Is it a beret? And is it on a small child? No, it's, a, from it's on a woman who I'm not oh, able to identify. Looks like a child point. next to him because he's yeah, tall. she's so short. okay. <laughs> right. Um, that's a great. That's a great. I hat. could not pull off that hat, so I'm going to leave that to you. I have too much hair. Um, I, 
I agree with you. I will say this much. As a superstar player, you can get bottled up defensively and still be more effective. I look at, mm. for instance, that first game of the Grizzlies T-Wolves series when John Morant was off his game and still managed to end up with a triple-double. He just made hustle plays. He found his way into mucking things up to help his team. And I think Kevin Durant, we saw, I don't know if they were in his head or what, but he did. He was not aggressive. You mm-hmm. cannot you cannot solely credit the, the Celtics if he doesn't take a shot for the last 11 minutes of a game. Like, you gotta you got to find a way to get the ball in his hands and at least make them work for it. And I do think you give a ton of credit to the Celtics for their defense, but I think what I said, and I, I think it sums it up, is like in the micro, this team might have survived this series if Kevin Durant went off every night. But what we saw last night was a great game from them, and they still didn't win. Mm-hmm. And that's the flawed roster depth, and that's the flawed defense. Like we, we've talked about this for the last two years with the Nets. Like if they were to ever win it, it would be like a Herculean feat because teams with their defensive rating never win at all. Mm-hmm. They can't defend across 48 minutes. That's been every game of this series has been mostly close. And then the, the Celtics blow it out down the stretch because they can't keep up defensively. Um, mm. The Nets can't, but yeah. And it, this whole, j- just like you're, you're painting this whole season was a dumpster fire. Like they weren't supposed to win. It would have been wild if they actually pulled this through with all of the drama, with the trades, with everything it, I didn't think they would get swept, but it wasn't supposed to, they weren't supposed to make it through. And just like what I said earlier about a team getting beat, that Boston defense, we have to sing its praises. They were, they were there. Kyrie was in his bag. Handles, still there. Like mm-hmm. their defense, the switching, it was a, amazing to see. I just wanted every youth basketball player to be like, <laughs> watch this defense. They're putting on a clinic. And it's so, it's weird to be like, wow, defense wins games. Right. Defense might win championships. I feel like it's so throwback to even say that. But the Celtics looked great and the Nets did not. And mm-hmm. now KD is upset about that. And now and he's posting he's- now he's posting his feels on his insta by the way did you see the clip floating around of them guarding kevin during a timeout Mm -hmm. it's so good wait was it uh grant williams i can't remember was it grant williams yeah Yeah. so literally like timeout has been called (laughs) katie's like holding the ball and walking with it It is quite clear that the game is not still underway and grant williams is still defending him and won't let him just like flip in that last you know like like fun shot on, on his way to the bench it's so good that's a little bit that's a little bit what i mean about i don't think that people i don't know why some of the reasons for people saying what's up with kevin durant isn't just like the celtics defense they got they successfully got in his head and he should because of what a player he is have i think risen above that but it should be a testament to the defense Mm -hmm. i think there's credit not 100 i think there's a lot of credit to the defense it's just that you don't get to be one of the greatest players of all time superstar and be foiled that easily yeah, you're right. You know, like the greats find a way or become such incredible facilitators. And part of that, again, roster construction, you're looking for someone else. But um, he also seemed to shirk the responsibility in games two and three. It wasn't just right. I'm having an off night. It was, OK, I'll stop shooting and stop driving. And that's I do wonder I if know, there's an it injury was so, It was so it was bizarre. Weird. It was but, so, and on it. Love seeing his passing. But yeah, it was it was very 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 jarring to see him be a uh, pass first. 
more often. So let me ask you this. If he's on his Instagram story right now, he didn't post the pictures of Charles Barkley, and he's saying, wow, Celtics, you played amazing defense. And he's giving them that credit and kind of admitting to that a little bit of like, that defense was so great. Like, it, it got me out of my game. I was off my game. And he admitted that. Would we respect that more or would we be like, still 100%. your superstar? It wouldn't, no, it wouldn't we would still expect something out of him. But I think that that's a better, like, what's the clap back to that? It's going to be the same you would get anyway. Like, oh, well, you still should have played better or you suck or whatever. But it's not the same as let me go out and lash out at other people because I'm, I'm in my fields and I'm frustrated with my team. Like then you're going to get commentary about how soft he is. He's a cupcake. He's fragilely sensitive versus like, I had to be better. Shout out to the Celtics D for like bot- bottling it up. Just didn't have my, just didn't have my A game. Then what are you going to say back to that? You're right. You did it. <laughs> Pride. What a thing. <laughs> Um, can we talk about the biggest loser of the playoffs the last two games? Glenn Which Taylor? Is Doc Rivers. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Doc Rivers. Uh, okay, well, Philly still technically mm. leads, although it doesn't feel like it. Um, <laughs> right, right, 3-2. Right. Toronto won last night, 103-88. Um, depending on which side of the fence you were on, it was very fun to watch. So now Toronto goes back home with a chance to do something that has never happened in the playoffs before, which is come back from a three and O definite deficit um, has never happened, which makes sense because we know very well the history of the NBA playoffs because of the big deal. It was um, when the warriors lost to the Cavs mm-hmm. in 2016, everybody like told us how, what has and has not happened to death. But, yes, this would be very fun. It's happened in all the other major American sports that go to seven. Uh, And coming back from this against the Sixers, the only thing that would make it not feel good is that this is something that almost feels expected of the Sixers and specifically Mm. of Doc Rivers. He has a history of this. He's the only coach in NBA history to blow three, three and one series leads. Um one of those was with the Clippers in 2020, and then the next year he was with the Sixers, and we all remember what happened last year. He mm-hmm. lost to the Hawks in the second round, um, including three losses at home. Mm. And there is really no home court advantage uh, like the Raptors after two years of not really being able to go to Raptors games. Like, Raptors fans, even when they get to go to every single regular season game, are very intense. They fill up that little pin. I don't remember what it's called, and I don't mean to call it little. (laughs) The giant area. Size matters. Yeah, I think it's, like, named after a dinosaur. I don't know what it is, but it is intense every single time. When they won, that looked like the best party to be at. Were you saying pen? Like, P-E-N? Pin, like like a... yeah, like a like pen, a like pen. an area. Okay, I was. Yeah. I thought you said, but it's your accent. I thought you said a pin, and I didn't know what the hell you were talking about. I think you're talking <laughs> yeah. about like Jurassic Park or whatever they call Jurassic that. Park. Yeah, 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 the pen. Yeah, the, the pen. you know the classic swap out for the E for the beings. I. Yeah, you know, I was like, there's they a reason fill that up a giant, a small pin. 
<laughs> I've never it's seen an this. area. Yeah, Jurassic Park. I knew it was fucking called something. <laughs> anyway, Doc has lost seven of his last opportunities to clench out a series. Are you saying oh. Pam or Pan? Sorry, go ahead. It's, it's very the other look. The other day, I was on a phone call and we had to get the get get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had to sort get. out the get mm-hmm. get. Yeah, so yep, yep, um, yep. you're doing great. I guess what is is Doc gonna get her done? Is what I'm saying. Yeah. I um, no. I, this, this was going around this morning. Doc Rivers record: 2003, three three games to one blown lead. 2009, three games to two blown lead. 2010, three games to two blown lead. 2012, three games to two blown lead. 2015, three games to one blown lead. 2020, three games to one blown lead. His record uh, in the games that matter most: game six, ten wins, fifteen losses. Game seven, six wins, nine losses, five of those at home. So, yeah, when you put together the inevitability of the Sixers disappointing and mm. the process never coming to fruition with the inevitability of a Doc Rivers playoff collapse <laughs> with three wins. Like it's like a not looking good. to me. <laughs> not looking good. The, uh, it, it's just a perfect cocktail of, like, things that would set up um, – things that have brought playoff hopes down before, which is Embiid being injured. He's got a torn Mm. ligament in his thumb that they Mm -hmm. cannot fix until after the season. His defense has really, really, really suffered from it. There was Mm -hmm. that um, point in the third quarter where there were like seven straight possessions that the Raptors blatantly went at him. Mm -hmm. Um, Shout out to Precious. Like he really capitalized on that. And every single time something happened, they either went to the line, had a dunk, had layups, multiple, Mm -hmm. multiple layups. So that's one, right? Let's make that like the um, bitters muddled on the bottom. We're making a drink. Okay. Making a cocktail. Mm -hmm. Number two, um, James Harden in the playoffs. Just mm. Mm -hmm. we could stop there. Um, Stop right there. He forgets out of basketball. (laughs) Just like for some reason cannot shoot well. And again, I don't want to discredit. I know that this is like a right now a Sixers heavy conversation a lot of this is credit to the Raptors um Mm -hmm. but I don't know that the Sixers couldn't beat themselves so that's (laughs) number two number three is Doc Rivers and Embiid said this after the game on Harden taking only 11 shots he said I've been saying all season since he got here he needs to be aggressive and he needs to be himself. That's not really my job. That's probably on coach to talk to him and tell him to take more shots. Mm. So falling apart. Do you guys remember? Do you guys <laughs> remember day two of James Harden with the Sixers and Joel Embiid was like, "I don't know what all you guys have been talking about. He's great. Yep, <laughs> he's he's in shape." He works hard. He has a great personality. We're so happy he's here. And I was like, somebody write this down for <laughs> cold takes, old takes exposed. Like, this is how it always happens until James doesn't want to be there anymore. And then he fakes fat, goes to strip clubs and demands a trade. And this is like the inevitable march to the next team that becomes just, dis- you know, just, just discouraged with what they see. And particularly this time, because his play used to save him from himself, not mm-hmm. in the end of playoff runs. That was always the issue, right? He set like a playoff record for turnovers and missed threes and everything else. But his play always was enough. He's like a quarterback with a huge arm, like enough people are going to keep taking chances on you because you have that. 
Mm-hmm. He doesn't have that anymore. He can't mm-hmm. beat guys off the dribble. He's struggling to create his own shots. He's never had a great three-point percentage, but he's been able to shoot well enough from there to offset everything else. He doesn't have that right now. And often enough. Yeah. And often enough. And yeah. And what we've seen is great as a facilitator, but that's not the role on this team that you need, particularly if Embiid is going to be less aggressive because of his finger. You need to be a scorer. You need to, he's only had, I think, three 30-point games this year, um, this calendar year. Um, and that's not the guy that you thought you were getting. So, man, I mean, I feel for Embiid looking around and being like, dang, another part it. of the process that's going <laughs> to let me down. I got I got Ben Simmons, like, passing on wide-open dunks, and I got James Harden, who's just going to show up and, and try to facilitate his way to, like, 15 points, a bunch of turnovers, and not being good enough. Yeah. I think it's also in his head. I think he's also, like... It's the playoffs. This is just not where I do well. I think we have to, you know, we're talking about guys being sensitive and and Mm -hmm. knowing themselves. I think he's like, wait, I'm healthy. This is kind of weird. Now I'm expected to do something Mm -hmm. and I'm not doing it. And it's it's just not looking good. But that's a that's a perfect cocktail that we have created. Yeah. Did we finish the cocktail? Is there like um a is there like a a, garnish a garnish like a lemon or a lime? Well, okay. So we'll make Doc the alcohol since I think he's the most potent thing, like really destroying everything. Um, Harden will be like the soda. Right. Right. It's it should be doing more than it is. Yeah. right and then i'll say the raptors like the raptors have a soda. great story great energy they have they can genuinely more than anybody else in the playoffs maybe the wolves but anybody right. in the east for sure say we are and have always been the underdogs even not after to mention, we won a championship people shit on us right yeah. not people to mention never believed in they have the added home advantage of quite literally preventing other teams from bringing their full roster yes like, we have not talked go. about this enough that's the that, garnish like, to me that's, that's the, the garnish, garnish. he like, can't even play added he twist is like you also also you cannot cross our borders uh, that that yeah. is shut down defense. Like you yes. literally can't even make it to the game. Not to mention to add anything to the box score. I will say too, this is kind of a doc thing, but also a Thibel thing. So if you're not aware, Thibel's not vaccinated. He cannot go to Canada um, for any of their games. But this is let's take this like more holistically at the Sixers home games too. Doc has played. A, the his regular starting lineup, one that was considered one of the best in the minutes that it played um, in the regular season. You have to say in the minutes it played, not all season, because um, Harden was included. And that is Harden, Maxi, Thibel, um, Tobias, and Embiid. A whopping 20 possessions the entire series. <laughs> so that is a major issue. I don't know if he is wow. trying to come up with more flexible things since he is anticipating Thibault not being able to participate in half the games or if he has mm. memory loss or I don't know <laughs> like what would make him do this. Also, I want to say while we were making fun of me saying pen and pin my aunt texted me and told me that when i'm done recording there are collard greens pulled pork and chicken salad down there for me so are you at your aunt's house or do you live with your aunt (laughs) yes i'm i've been staying with my aunt for an extended period of time and it has been honestly such a joyous 
Yeah, wonderful. We're out in the country. Actually, I have had to... Um, so I have my dog with me, and I forgot how bad ticks were. I'm just, like, pulling oh. ticks off her left and right because she's just, like, running so around. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, gross. So you got to give the dog, like, a full-body massage every night every and be feeling night. for him. What kind of dog is it? Long hair? Um, well, we cut her hair real short because when after I found the first one, but she's a she's a mix. I'm not sure what she is. She's yeah. like a probably majority wire haired terrier. So she's okay. got to yeah, she yeah. had to get it cut short. She's perfect. But yeah, a lot of country things happening over here. Do you live near like Sophie Cunningham or? <laughs> Don't do this, Sarah. <laughs> I just wasn't sure. I forget where she's from she's and if from she's Missouri. from the country or not. I'm from Kentucky. She's with, I think mm. that she was from a small, she was the big fish in the small pond. Oh, okay. okay. Dentist family. <laughs> Dentist. We should, we should look we that up. We don't know that for sure. should sure, fact check that. Yeah. Ooh, um, If you don't have players on the field with the right skills, whether it's breakaway speed or elite playmaking ability, you're going to have a tough time winning. The same goes for your business. Indeed is a fast, simple way to make sure you're hiring MVPs. Go to indeed.com slash spinsters to claim your $75 credit before April 30th. If you're hiring, you need Indeed because Indeed is the hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. And Indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applicants that meet your must-have requirements or else you don't pay. Start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash spinsters. Offer valid through April 30th. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined, according to Talent Nest. Indeed.com slash spinsters. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Our next partner has a product I use every morning first thing when I wake up or when my dog wakes me up. It's Athletic Greens, which is essentially a bunch of supplements and probiotics and words that sound made up. They're so healthy like adaptogens, all mixed into one green scoop, which I can mix into water in the morning and carry around with me as I start the day. I started using Athletic Greens because I'm lazy. This is a wonderful endorsement so far, and I didn't want to take a bunch of vitamins in the morning. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash spin. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash spin to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Anyway, uh, <laughs> how do you how do you fix this? Do you fix this? Is it just a matter of like, Embiid's fucking hurt? I mean, James I'm not Harden. giving James Harden a freaking max. And that's the, that's the main mm. issue. Daryl Morey has got himself in this mess. This is like his the his long time love. Yeah. That he will keep pursuing no matter how many times he hurts him. Toxic. And now you're in a situation where you're going to give him talk about a player who is going to have a precipitous decline. 
We are watching it happen already. But man, when James Harden, because he does not have, I don't want to say he doesn't have love for the game. I think he loves basketball. I don't know that he cares that much about legacy or his teammates. Mm -hmm. Because if you cared, I don't think you'd be quite as willing to be in the first year of a four-year max and then force your way out and not show up. I don't think you'd be mid-season with a team like the Nets that had high expectations and just be like, I don't want to be here anymore. So I think my hamstring hurts, right? I think that we've seen too many times where he's prioritized himself over his team and his reputation that if he's out and he's not feeling it, man, is that going to look ugly on the court? Yeah. Physically and mentally. So I I'm, I'm Kyrie Harden, these teams have a big decision to make, and I'm not touching either one of those guys with a max. Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. Um, Jordan, what do you think? Um, I think just like how we we were talking about, like it's on Doc Rivers. Like we have to we have to circle this the this trend and the fact that he has had grace like we have all of those those stats and we've seen this trend happening but we still you know keep singing his praises sometimes and he gets these big jobs with the Sixers team and knowing that they needed a coach they needed something to put them over the edge Doc Rivers number was called and he's still doing it again if the Sixers lose this series we have to shine a flashlight, mm-hmm. a spotlight on Doc Rivers and really mm-hmm. look at, okay, is he a good coach? Why does he keep being hired? This is not going to look good. You talk about legacy. This is not going to look good for Doc Rivers, and we can't ignore that. I agree with you about James Harden. I agree that Embiid's hurt, you know, Thibault, all of that stuff. But Doc Rivers, he's alcohol. He is the main part yeah. of this. And we can't. Yeah. We it's can't supposed to be a gin and tonic. And we used Malort by mistake. And now <laughs> everything's gone awry. Uh, yeah, I mean, I do think Doc Rivers is very liked and very mm-hmm. respected. He is a strong voice in the league on social issues. He's mm-hmm. someone that people get along with really well. And I think if he were not social and likable and forthright in his convictions on things off the court, he probably wouldn't have gotten so many opportunities. If he were kind of just a surly, unlikable dude, this would have caught up to him. But I think all of that sort of muddles, muddles, that's a drinking term. I'm stuck on cocktails, muddies, (laughs) muddies the waters when it comes to people's perception of him and what he's been able to accomplish or not. Yeah. And, you know, my fiance and I were just talking about this last night. We're we're torn because he is one of those black coaches that has continued to get second chances. And we we fight for that and we want that for other coaches. And Doc is like the poster child of like, yes, you are the one that keeps getting these chances. Mm -hmm. But now you got to win and you can't blow these leads. And so we're torn in that aspect because he is fighting for for justice he is outspoken he is kind of this father figure around the league um but it's you gotta get some w's and this is not looking good for him yeah or i mean this is for me i'm like dude you could always just go golf you love to golf you could retire and go golf hang it up yeah at one point at what point is it too disgraceful an exit 
I don't know. We mm. have a short-term memory with these things. Um, predictions for Wednesday, or I guess for where it's Tuesday night. I don't know if I want to do that. Then we could immediately have people say that we were wrong. <laughs> you like to prolong, but maybe people will forget by Wednesday what we said. <laughs> Tonight Hopefully. is too soon. Um, you know what I'm really interested in is Wolves Grizzlies. Who do you guys have? Flash. Mm. You can give like five words as an explanation, but who do you have tonight? It is back in Memphis, okay, and I'm taking key. I'm taking Memphis because back home in mm-hmm. Memphis. Yep, that yeah. was key. I was I was ditto. Up, that was home. gonna swing on. Yeah, this is a wild ass series though. For it all is. the it criticism of the T Wolves for blowing yeah. two 25 point leads, I'm also like. Ahem, why are the Grizzlies getting down by 25 points multiple times in a game against this lower seed? Like, there's, there's, it, this has been a wild series. Mm-hmm. That's not yes. even including all the protests and the crazy oh other things. Yeah, that's another conversation. So I got Grizzlies. I, I also, I have Memphis. Home crowd, they, I, I think it's going to be another dramatic event of, Either they're going to be up, they're going to be down, it's going to be close. It's been so fun to watch. It's like a saga. Yes. Um, Shout out to the Chicago Sky. Sarah, thank you so much for coming on. Season starts in 10 days, right? That's right. Yep. So close. Championship defense begins. You'll have to come back on to talk about them. Yeah, yeah. The happier I mean, things. You know what? What are you gonna do? You gotta stop the existing squad, and then we added another Finals MVP and Emma Miesemann. Three Good Finals luck. MVPs. Good three luck. Finals MVPs. That's right. That's wild. Oh, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. What's up, y'all? This is Misa. I'm calling from. Virginia, and my question for y'all, I want to know, who is y'all's top NBA trash talker of all time? And I'll tell you who mine is. Mine has to be, unequivocally, Trey Young. This dude is two foot nothing. He's a bucket. You cannot deny it. And he's just always under somebody's skin. Like, he doesn't stop. He's consistent. And the thing I love the most about him is you can tell he loves it. He loves it so much. He loves being an, am I allowed to say asshole? He loves being an asshole. <laughs> I can say asshole, right? Yeah. Anyway, that's all I got to say. Bye, guys.